Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome back to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCullough. Well, thank you, Dick Warren, and I am delighted to have as our guest co-host this week, Rodney Miller. Rodney is an executive coach working with venture-backed startups and um, executives. He's been coaching for almost 10 years, just coming up on 10 years, as well as the former president of the St. Louis chapter of the International Coach Federation, a leader at Accomplishment Coaching, and uh, formerly, I think maybe still in the Army Reserve, but formerly a drill sergeant in the United States Army and founder of the Absent Father podcast on iTunes. Uh, Rodney, let's talk about that Absent Father podcast. What, what's it about? It sounds sad. Uh, it's not meant to be sad, although I've gotten that experience, and I'm I'm kind of a straightforward Midwest title giver, so mm-hmm. I had to call it Absent Father Podcast. But what it's about really <laughs> you, is you know you're talking to a guy who calls his podcast the Coaching Show, right? Yes, exactly. yeah, I got you. Okay, go Midwestern sensibilities. Um, but what it's about is you know I grew up with an absent father, uh, didn't didn't know didn't meet my father or see a picture uh, until I was 13, and never really had a relationship. And as I've gotten further into my work as a coach, I've realized that there's a lot of people that uh, struggle with having an absent or distant father, and that could be emotionally distant, alcoholic, workaholic, et cetera. Um, and the show's really about just uncovering the traits and some of the I'm sorry, there's some, there's some cutting out. Will you repeat what you just said? Yeah, so brilliant. I'm so sorry. We're experiencing uh, essentially technical difficulties. I need you to say it one more time. I'm assured that everything is back plugged in properly now. I'm kidding. It's just a an, a line problem. But will you say it again? Yes. So, voice over IP. Absent Father podcast is really about uh, the diving into the impacts of growing up with an absent or distant father, um, but also not just the impacts, but also some of the superhero qualities that we de- develop mm. as a result of that. So, That's awesome. And we can find that on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are available. I'm going to try and strong arm you later to make it available through Accomplishment Media as well. Awesome. Thanks for doing that important work. Um, speaking of important work, man, I, I want you to know that Accomplishment Coaching, if, if, if you're somebody who appreciates the finest things, you know, if you're looking for, like, the cheapest or if you're fine, like, shopping where everybody else shops, that's fine. There's a lot of great coach training programs out there for people who are looking for the cheapest or the quickest or the, you know, the diploma mill route. But if you're really somebody who wants to dig in and get your training at the highest level, if you're somebody who appreciates the Harvard, the Oxford, the, you know, Columbia's, the, the Stanford's in the world, and those are the right places for you, check out Accomplishment Coaching. Accomplishment Coaching has been designed from the very beginning to be the world's finest coach training program. Of course, they're uh, ACTP. Of course, they're ICF accredited. Of course, they have more hours of training, more hours of in-person training. All their training is in-person in small groups. It's a boutique coaching company. It's a coaching company that trains people at the highest level, and it's one program. 
It's not a series of modules. It's not like opt-in to this, that, or the other thing. It's one program a year long. Rodney, I know you do some work with accomplishment coaching. Is there something that, that for you sets apart accomplishment coaching from anyone else who's training coaches out there? Well, I think the biggest differentiator is that when you complete the program, um, after one year of completing the program, it will accelerate your development and experience as a coach by five to 10 years. Um, after only a few years out of the program, I was working with people that had 10 to 20 years experience and felt completely on par with them. So not kidding around, the world's finest coach training program. You can find them. One of my favorite things is they invite you in to come and observe the training program. So you don't have to, like, listen to a speech. You don't have to listen to a spiel. You can just go and observe the training program in process at certain days and times uh, with an invitation. You can get that by going to accomplishmentcoaching.com. And the cities they are in are all across North America. San Diego, California, America's finest city. Uh, Seattle, Washington, the Emerald City, the Queen City, the Emerald City. It's one of those. Uh, Victoria, British Columbia, another gorgeous place. The Windy City, Chicago, the Big Apple, New York City, and, of course, our nation's capital where we need coaching now more than ever, Washington, D.C. Check it out, accomplishmentcoaching.com. All right, we have not enough time to talk to our next, uh, our next person, but it's going to be delicious. You're going to be so glad you're here. Andy Belinsky is a professor at Brandeis University's International Business School, but check it out, also has a joint appointment in the Department of Psychology. Here's his educational background, although he's not uh, boring an academic. He has a significant line of credentials, BA in International Affairs from Brown University, a little school called Brown, a master's degree in International Affairs from Columbia University, uh, and then went and got his PhD in Organizational Behavior and MA in Psychology from a little place called Harvard University. I think that's in Massachusetts somewhere. Uh, Andy's work helps people develop the insights and courage necessary to act outside their personal and cultural comfort zones when doing important but challenging tasks in work and in life. His research and writing has been all over, from HBR to Inc. Magazine, Psychology Today, The Financial Times, New York Times. Uh, he's won awards. His first book was 2013's Global Dexterity, uh, published by HBR Press. It received a silver medal for best bus business book in international business and globalization. First book award-winning, and has been used widely in organizations including Boeing, AIG, the Air Force Academy, sorry, not the Army, Rodney, and the Clinton. He started in the Army. <laughs> and then um, his latest book is uh, out this year, Reach, published with Penguin Random House, uh, talking about living outside of one's comfort zone. We're delighted to welcome to our microphones the great, the powerful Andy Malinsky. Hello, sir. We are not hearing Andy, but I believe him to be here. Perhaps not. All right, Rodney. Pop, pop quiz. We're gonna we're gonna fill time here. What would you like to talk about, sir? <laughs> well, it's interesting because as as we were getting ready to bring Andy on, one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, as he talks about culture, mm -hmm. I was thinking about the the leadership culture in the army and, and, um, one of the things that I, I often tell organizations or people who are developing culture is, and that I really think about is how, how did the army create such a powerful culture? And I believe that their culture, the culture of leadership is what makes them great. So I'm excited to talk to, talk to Andy about mm -hmm. how culture is formed and, you know, how right. that gets created, but 
Right. I believe we've got him back with us. Andy Malinsky, are you with us, sir? Yes. Can you hear me? We can. Thank you so much. The great, the powerful Dr. Andy Malinsky, I should say. Um, <laughs> we've, we've given you an introduction that's worthy of you. You'll just have to take my word on that. But uh, <laughs> do you want to pick it up? Did you hear Rodney's question about culture and how organizations like the U.S. Army are able to form such a, a strong and enduring culture? Yeah, no, I didn't hear the question. I'm sorry, but uh, but but um, that does not surprise me. Um, I imagine that the culture is a real asset for for the military because it's it's critical to, you know, if if people can use culture uh, proactively, strategically, it can be a very powerful asset. Um, and and a, I imagine an organization like the military is very very conscious of that. And, and, and uses that to its, to its advantage at, at multiple levels, is, is my guess. I've never been in the military, but that's you know, from afar, that's, that, would be my, that would be my hunch. Mm -hmm. well, we wanted to start with the global dexterity distinctions around culture, because one of your, your training is all in uh, international business and international cultures. What do you think, if, if you could sort of give something to coaches working with people uh, who are executives, who have to deal with the different global cultures these days. What's the one thing that you think is lacking or most important that a coach can bring? Yeah, I think that, um, so, so, so I do, I, I, I work a lot with people um, learning to adapt and adjust their behavior across cultures from the United States outward and then a lot of foreign professionals in the United States. I think that a lot of the material out there, which which is quite useful, uh, focuses on differences, you know, cultural differences, how the Chinese are different than the Americans, how the Germans are different than the French, and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And that's really, that, that's key. That's obviously important to understand, to understand, you know, where your tripwires will be, where the faux pas will be, and so on and so forth. But I think in fixating on differences, uh, people and coaches and coachees often lose track of what I think the real challenges are and the real opportunities are, which are number one, learning to adapt and adjust your behavior in light of these differences, which is often easier said than done. And then number two, finding points of similarity, because I think that's where you're going to be able to build the trust with clients and colleagues and so on, and then sort of create that relationship and be able to bridge cultures more successfully. So I think kind of the fixation on differences, while important, often obscures people from, from other really critical tasks. Super clear. The, the book Global Dexterity won lots of awards. I mean, that's pretty amazing for your first book, right? And has been used around the world. What's the, what's the biggest takeaway uh, that people are reporting from Global Dexterity? In other words, what's the, what's the secret sauce there? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's a good question what the secret sauce is. But I think that I think the, the key aspect of that book is that, you know, crossing cultures isn't rocket science, right? It's not, it's not impossible. Anyone could really learn to do it, but it is a process. It is a strategy. And the focus of the book is on helping people adjust and adapt their behavior across cultures, but without losing themselves in the process. So it's sort of the, you know, it's, it's having their cake and eating it too. It's being effective and appropriate and at the same time, not losing themselves. It's funny because when I, when I talk with executives about these topics, you often hear wildly different, very confident answers about what one should do when crossing cultures. There'll be some people who say and swear by when in Rome, 
act like the Romans, right? I'm sure you've heard that before. Um, and then you will also hear people say the complete opposite and say, you know what, what just works for me is just to be myself. And then they'll say, you know, just be yourself and you'll be fine. And in, in my view, having done this for a long time, having taught, having having consulted, having coached, having done original research on this topic, it's, it's actually somewhere in between. Where, where the key is. It's actually being able to adapt and adjust and find a way to be yourself at the same time. And that's exactly what my book tries to help people to do. It, I know that my uh, co-host today, Rodney Mueller, wants to talk about your new book, Reach, and I imagine you do too, strategies to help you step outside your comfort zone, rise to the challenge, and build confidence. Clearly something we can all use these days. But it seems to me that I can't talk to somebody who's an expert, as you are, in global cultures and cultural competency and not address our current um, leadership uh, and the let's call it the slipping status of the United States or the changing status of the United States on the global uh, scene. Do you have a comment or something that you would like to see our leaders do to sort of um, address what what seems like a certain tone deafness to other cultures in the world and, and some right here at home? Wow. <laughs> I would a, agree with I, I just an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I and I agree. I, I um, you know, I, I think that um, I, I, I do believe that I, I, th I think I think it's in, in sort of when I was talking about similarities before, I think that that what's really important um, at a political level um, and in an international political level is, is, um, is building relationships, you know, with, 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 with our, with, especially with our allies, um, but, but also across the board. And, and, you know, I just hope that the, that the current administration, um, you know, realizes the importance of that, uh, both at, 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 um, the level of ambassadors at the level of the presidency and also at the level of the state department. I think diplomacy is really important. Global dexterity plays a key role in diplomacy. And I, and I hope that some of the lack of investment in the state department and in diplomacy is just a temporary thing. And that we're, we're going to double back down on that and, 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 and really try to kind of regain our footing and our reputation and, and the trust that we've had in the past and, and sort of regain that in the world. So, I don't know what else to say about that, but that's uh, it's. I think I probably share share your point of view. Well, true true to your uh, true to your title, you showed some dexterity, <laughs> some global dexterity <laughs> in addressing the question. I uh, I imagine that you and I could sit down over a cuppa one day and talk about the intra national politics and the different cultural divide that's happening here in America. But let's give Rodney an opportunity <laughs> to talk about reach and stepping outside of our comfort zone, and we'll just keep that as a teaser for the future. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Well, it, it's interesting because, uh, you know, part of the question I had about global dexterity and this idea of adapting your behavior at, without losing yourself in the process, which I love, um, the question that came up was how does how does confidence um, and stepping outside your comfort zone play into uh, being in a culture that isn't yours and not losing yourself? So I'd love to hear if that's the if there's a connection between the new book reach and uh, global dexterity. Nice bridge. Woo. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, and, and um, it, in fact, I, I, part of the inspiration for my writing reach uh, was the feedback I got about global dexterity. I would, you know, I, I had 
thousands and thousands of people reading it and I would get these, I get emails and I'd get comments that talks in various places on LinkedIn and so on about how the book was useful for people who weren't even crossing cultures or they weren't crossing the cultures I was originally intending when I wrote the book. Like they were crossing from being an engineer to being a salesperson, for instance. That's certainly a culture, right? Those are professional cultures. Mm -hmm. it wasn't the culture I was originally thinking. And I, I kept getting emails like this that, that, the, that the ideas in the book were, were helpful to people um, outside the realm of crossing national cultures. It, it then gave me this epiphany, which is very odd because it's almost like some, sometimes there are things right in front of your nose that you just kind of don't even notice. And that was the case here. I had been doing academic research for years on, with a colleague of mine at Harvard Business School um, on the challenges that professionals faced in all sorts of difficult situations. Like we were studying police officers evicting families from their homes. We were studying um, managers delivering bad news and, and performing layoffs. Uh, we were studying um, um, uh, doctors, uh, especially pediatric physicians, performing painful procedures on kids and, and delivering often negative or bad news to parents. And, you know, it just struck me that, whoa, I've actually been studying people stepping outside their comfort zones. Hmm. I didn't even realize it. And, and then that, plus the feedback I got from Global Dexterity, plus my own sort of reflection about my own life and how it's, it's always been hard for me to step outside my comfort zone. All those things together really inspired me to do a whole new set of interviews and research. And, and that, that, that launched really the, 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 the book Reach. Beautiful. That's really, really cool. And how would you, when you think about confidence, how do you define confidence? Um, you know, I, I don't actually, I guess, I guess I don't really talk um, that much about confidence. I almost talk more about courage uh, in the book, I would say, and in, in the context of stepping outside your comfort zone. You know, I think it's, um, you know, I, I, I see people taking action um, despite the fear and anxiety they experience. And to me, that's, that's really, that's courage. It's not, it's not taking, it's not eliminating the fear and anxiety and worry. It's actually take, it's, it's being able to, to take action in spite of that or in the face of that. Um, I suppose confidence plays a role because, um, confidence is something I think that develops over time. I don't think a lot of people when stepping outside their comfort zone initially, whether it's public speaking or delivering bad news or net for some people, it's networking and pitching and promoting themselves or, you know, being more assertive or speaking up at meetings or these little everyday acts of courage. You know, I think for many people in these situations, they don't feel very confident initially, but I think by taking the leap, realizing that it's not as uh, what I hear often is, is, is after, trying it, it's especially trying it with some of the tools that I mentioned. Um, it's, it's not as hard as they thought it was, and they're actually a little bit better at it than they thought they were. That then often inspires them to try it again. And I, th I sort of feel like that's the engine of building confidence there on the back end, once you've actually been able to nudge yourself to take the leap. But I don't think entering it, many people in these situations that I focus on are, are feeling great confidence. <laughs> I love that definition. And you maybe have the greatest subtitles of all time in both your books. And I love even the order that you put, because I think that's true. I think a lot of people think about uh, confidence as this elusive thing that some people have and some people don't. But I love the way you frame it, that it actually starts with stepping outside your comfort zone. 
um, and small acts of courage. And over time, you feel confident, perhaps, just like, you know, maybe the first time you brushed your teeth, you weren't so confident in it, but you gained it over time. I love that. Absolutely. It's like, I mean, I have, I have two kids. My kids are a little, they're 11 and 13 now. So they're not, they're, they're beyond learning to brush their teeth, but, but I, well. but when you have, well, actually, no, 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 but no, they're, they're, they're pretty confident at that. Uh, but, uh, but no, when you have little kids, it's a, it's, it's, it's interesting. You can really see the process of building mm-hmm. s- basic core skill building and confidence. And, you know, in psychology, we call it self-efficacy, uh, which is very similar to confidence, I think. Um, so yeah, interesting. One of, one of the things I've, I've got in, Forgive me, this is going to be a little meta, but most of our listeners are coaches or in some sort of a position of coaching and providing leadership to another, right? Which, and often the leadership is to have the person step outside their comfort zone or or rise to some challenge, right? Where they come to us and, oh my gosh, you know, this just happened, what do I do? And yet I I would assert, Andy, and forgive me, this might be a little too complicated, is I would assert that many of us as coaches or consultants, perhaps in your field or professors in your field, are actually in our comfort zone when we're talking to people who are, you know, considering getting outside of theirs. Is there something that we can do to sort of get more, challenge ourselves more or get more outside of our, you know, usual normal thing that we say to people who are about to face something they've never faced before? It's a good question. I think empathy is the key there. And, you know, that comes, I guess, from having from from really being able to step into the shoes of of someone uh, that you're that you're trying to help and coach and mentor. And, uh, you know, I I imagine that you're probably not going to want to necessarily be like, I think it's a good thing to, to feel like you're in your comfort zone when you're when you're helping someone in that situation, because that you know, you'll, you'll probably be able to be more effective and successful. But that doesn't mean that you can't like being in your comfort zone. I don't think necessarily means that you're like lying back on the hammock, sipping a drink and zoning out or something. I think you can be fully engaged, you know, empathic, um, having sort of on the tip of your tongue, memory wise, um, a similar experience you've had. So you can really get the fear and discomfort someone else is experiencing. And, and then to be able to bring that empathy to make a connection with someone uh, that you're coaching and maybe then sharing some strategies or suggesting some strategies and so on. And there you're building the trust and the relationship. And so I, I, I don't think you'd be out. I don't think you'd, you know, want to be outside your comfort zone in that, in that case. But I, but I do think it's good to be outside your comfort zone and other areas and times in your life to, to be able to, to be able to really understand what your clients are struggling with, at least at an emotional level. I mean, you, I'm curious from your perspective, does that, does that ring true? Yeah, I think, I think that, um, ongoing training and development, ongoing challenges, you know, I hate doing other people's training programs, but it's important that I do it right. Even, even getting three sixties, I hate that feedback. (laughs) So I think that anything that challenges us has got to, you know, get us back in that mindset of where we're putting our clients on a daily basis. Right. I, I love talking to you and I love your work. The books, global dexterity and reach are worth your time and, and investment. Andy, uh, there's a lot of ways for people to find out about you. And then I want to give you sort of our last minute just to give us a parting thought. Ways to reach Andy Malinsky are to go to andymalinsky.com. He's also on Twitter as Andy Malinsky, on Facebook as Malinsky Andy, and you can find him on LinkedIn. 
Andy, what about it? Uh, I got about half a minute left. What would you have 50,000 coaches uh, take with us today? <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's really a, a great uh, thing that you're doing, helping people step outside their comfort zone. And I just want to reiterate that it's not, it's not as, as you all, I think, no, it's not rocket science um, to step outside your comfort zone, but it's, but it's also much, it's sort of a little bit harder than the memes that you see on the internet where people are jumping off cliffs and saying, just take a leap. And, you know, nothing ever good happened inside your comfort zone. There is strategy involved. There is courage that's required. There is a system actually that I talk about in my book, for example, for understanding what people's sort of emotional roadblocks are and so on and so forth. But it's also not rocket science. So I think having that sort of middle range perspective is really important just even in your own life, thinking about your own situations outside your comfort zone, and especially if you're in, if, if you're privileged with the opportunity to help people um, to step outside theirs. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Andy Malinsky. Find him at andymalinsky.com. Get the book Reach immediately. And Rodney, thank you so much. What a great co-host you've been today. Uh, you can find out more about Rodney Miller and his work by going to stlcoaching.com. That's another edition of The Coaching Show. I thank you Nowadays, internet devices are an integral part of your home. Everyone in your family has a smartphone, tablet, or a computer. Life is easier knowing that all your devices are secured and your family can surf the internet carefree. ESET Multi-Device Security Pack does just that. One license for all your devices. With ESET, it's simple to stay protected and save money. Enjoy safer technology with ESET Multi-Device Security Pack at ESET.com. That's E-S-E-T dot com. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Hi, Scale Listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Cybersecurity is the fastest growing job sector. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Do you love wine, but it doesn't love you back in the morning? 
Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover-free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past. 